Stay up on the real culture of Detroit by tuning into the Detroit is Different podcast network weekly. Music, art, business, comedy, and never before told stories from the people of Detroit. Tune in weekly to the Piper Carter podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Piper Carter podcast to hear the stories and thoughts of Piper Carter. Follow Piper Carter on Instagram at Piper Carter. You're listening to the Cat's Meow podcast on the Detroit is Different podcast network. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Cat's Meow. We got Sharon here. That's me. And I'm Joe Black. Got Joe Black in the house. Special guest co-pilot for this episode. Absolutely. So, thank you all for tuning in and listening. And uh, we agreed, because Nicole and I have been doing some traveling. Mm. So we needed to switch some things up. And we decided to do a personal podcast about what we're doing. So Okay. Yeah, because it seems like you guys have... Kind of been on individual missions as of late. We've been busy. We've been pretty busy. Yeah. So what's been going on on your side of things? Wow. Well, it's been a lot going on on my side. Um, A lot of good stuff. Right. And so what I'm doing is I'm I'm typing as I talk, and and those who know me know I'm not so great at that. But um, what I've been doing is the the best thing that's happened. I went to Kansas City and I spent time with my granddaughter. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, she is amazing. Mm. And I ain't just saying that because she's my grandchild. You know how people have kids and grandkids and they're like, Dad, the best kids in the world. She's amazing. Mm. She's the dopest two-year-old <laughs> in the world. And uh, I don't see her much, of course, because she lives in Kansas City. Right, right. And so I had to travel there to see her. And, you know, we video chat and stuff all the time and... um I was worried that when I finally got there, you know, and, and we were together, mm-hmm. that she was going to be a little bit, you know, apprehensive about coming with me. But to my surprise, it was love at, well, not first sight, but instant. Right, right. Yeah. So I picked her up. We went shopping and everything. But, you know, just her mannerisms and everything just kind of remind me of me. And we bonded and hugged and snuggled and I was watching Disney movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And all that kind of stuff. So that was the highlight of of what I've been doing since I've left. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, is there uh, anything to report in the, uh, the afterglow, I guess I should say, of uh, the... Queering Racial Justice Conference. Oh, the Queering Racial Justice Conference. So, yeah. So, the documentary Woman right. is going to be shown at Stephen Ty's on the 14th. Hmm. We're going to show it again. 14th and, of October? Yep. But that's less than two weeks from now. So, oh, wow. like 13 days from now. So, shout out to Stephen Ty. Um, love them to death. They have a boutique on the North End. They make all of these great clothes. They teach sewing classes. Um, and they're very supportive of the community. So... You know, they invited me to come over and uh, show the documentary there. Um, they blasted on their social media pages. So make sure everybody likes Stephen Ty. S-T-E-F-N, the letter N, Ty, T-Y. Because they are awesome. And they're, like, known, like, worldwide with their 
designs and everything. And, you know, if you go to their page, you'll see people with, uh, you know, especially their hats. Um, they make very unique hats and things like that. And yeah. uh, you'll see people like all over the world with their hats. And the guy who uh, designed their logo is actually from Asia. He's a big time artist over there and everything. So that was really dope. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And there's some other things coming up with that. But I don't want to talk about it. Because you I don't, don't want to wanna jinx it. But the documentary is doing real well. Okay. Um, talking to some folks at the University of Michigan, they want to check it out. So that's huge. You know, so no complaints with that. Hopefully it'll be some big things coming with it. I'm very proud of the project. Like I said all uh, before, initially it was just four people who looked like me just to see something positive. Right, seeing right. us being, you know, portrayed in a positive way. And it's being received very, very well. And I will honestly say, too, like, friendships have formed on my end. I told you how I am uh, with that word. I'm very cautious. Yeah, friendships is a hard. Yeah. So friendships have the possibility of forming through that documentary. Um, okay. You know, myself, uh, Miss Corona, and Jennifer, who are two of the other, two of the, two of the other three people that are in the documentary actually went out last night to Mario's. Okay. Um, you know, just sat and laughed and talked and everything, and we had a really good time, and it was just refreshing to know that they were just excited about it as I am. You know, Jennifer, I kind of teased her because she didn't want no parts of it, and then she actually was one of the people who um, went to the Korean Racial Justice Conference and actually um, was on the panel with me to talk about it, and she just fell in love with it, so... Wow, okay. You know, I'm glad that people are, like, broadening their horizons and getting comfortable and, and being a really good, uh, you know, presentation for us out here. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's some, what's up. Some dope people, man. Yeah, we, yeah. Um, yeah, we travel amongst dope circles. Absolutely. People like us. Yeah, you know, I look at, I look <laughs> at the people that I know and I'm just like, man, like, I know some really cool people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so. Mm-hmm. There has been talk of a mixer mm-hmm. for all the hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping mm-hmm. to see you and Nicole there. That would be very nice. Yeah. We had a little mini mixer here um, yesterday, actually. So there was, okay. wasn't really a mini mixer. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of the other podcast hosts we got together, had some conversation. That's what's up. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. That's what's up. I think we all need to support each other. You know, yeah, I say that in, definitely, every, in definitely. every realm that I'm in. That's important. Yeah, I'd like to see you guys on, um, I'd like to see, maybe you guys could come on Titties and Tacos sometime. Maybe we could. Maybe Titties and Tacos can come on here. Hey, and, I'm, sure, know, be, I'm could, sure the girls would be more than willing to. Let's mix it up. Yeah, we got you know, to. Hey, got to. That's what's going on. That's right. I want to say something. So What's yesterday, that? yesterday was real fascinating. I went to church. Okay. I do go. You went, I, I belong to a church. Okay. I don't go regularly. So I ain't but you belong to one. Yeah, I ain't a Bible beater. I mean, you know, to each his <laughs> own. I'm not much of a religious person myself. I tend more towards the spiritual side. Me too. But you know what? I go to Triumph, and I, and I don't like mega churches. Let me put that out there. Right. But the messages are so down to earth. Non-judgmental, straight to the point. That's really what it's about. Yeah, and I can get with it. You know, he we go in there, the choir sings, he preaches. All right, we go home. Cool. Right. Um, and he talked yesterday because I knew I had to do this, and we were supposed to do it yesterday, but mm-hmm. you know, scheduling conflicts and miscommunication. Exactly. So we cool, but we here today. And I was thinking, like, what are you gonna talk about? 
Because you know it's me. We ain't got no guests on here. Right. You know, and without being too invasive in my life, because it's always some craziness going on too. Right. But like, what are you going to talk about? So I want to talk about the message that Pastor Kenlock said yesterday. Okay. Because it hit home. Now, for those who don't know me, um, I remember putting a post out on Facebook in 2015. It was June of 2015. And I was moving back to Detroit from Kansas City. And I was having problems. You know, I have a son. I was having problems with my son. Right. And it was very urgent for me to get back here. And so something in me said, you about to have a rough time. Right? Mm-hmm. And I remember putting a post on Facebook back in 2015 that said, I know I'm about to have a rough time. Bring it on. And I'm just going to learn everything that I can learn and try to be the best that I can be. Right? Right. So we fast forward to 2018. I'm going to say, between 2015 and 2018, life whooped my ass. I used to be one of those people that would be like, I would never do this, and I would never do that, and I would never do this, and I would never do that. And I'm telling you, God made me go through everything that you said you would that never I said do. I wasn't going to do, except mm-hmm. for drugs. I, ain't, I, ain't, right, I right. ain't been broke that far. But went through everything that I went through. And yesterday, you know, my life is a lot better now. Um, I'm doing a lot of the things that I want to do. Right. You know, everything isn't perfect, still things to work on. But yesterday, Pastor said something. And his message was basically residual blessings. So he gave the example of when he, his first job, he said, was when he worked at American Gear and Axle. Okay. And we all know plant workers, I guess they still, I don't know, I haven't been in the plant in a while, but, you know, they get paid once a week. Yeah, yeah. So for the first two weeks, so the first two checks, Ken Lock went to work, he didn't get paid. Mm. It's a glitch, he said, in the system. Well, we got you. And by the time the third paycheck came, so mind you, that's four weeks of working because you got to work that one in the hole. Right. They told him, we're going to give you this week's check Friday, you're good. So Kenlock says, in my mind, I'm like, that's great you're going to give me this week's check, but what about the other checks, you know, that I worked for? Like, what happens? And so he said when he got his check, his check was all of the weeks that he was missing plus that one. So he felt like it could have been perhaps a blessing in abundance. Mm. So the point to that was, even though I was working my butt off, and he, you know, these aren't his words I'm, I'm emphasizing. Even though I worked my butt off and I didn't get nothing for it and I was trying to figure it out and I was suffering through that time, I kept doing what I was supposed to do and then the blessings came in abundance and they were continuous. Mm. So that made me think about, and it's funny because when I moved back to Detroit, the first thing I did that Sunday was go to church. Right. And I was tore up. I left my wife. You know, my home, my job, everything, because I felt like I needed to get back here for my son. And things just, it was rock bottom, you Mm, know, basically starting over from scratch and everything. And uh, I remember sitting there thinking, like, how in the hell am I going to get myself out of all of this and get myself back together? You know, because one of the reasons that I left Detroit was because I was having such a hard time. And she was supposed to move here. But I ended up moving there because there was more opportunity for me uh, professionally. Right. And so fast forward to yesterday, and I'm sitting there. And uh, the reason that I went is because my best friend is getting married on Friday. And uh, I wake up early in the morning, so I called her. You know, I've just been getting on the nerves. That's okay. It's like my sister. That's what we do. Right. And um, I said, what you doing? And she said, well, 
nothing. I'm about to get up and get ready to go to church. I said, what time church starts? She said, 845. I looked at my watch. I said, it's 7 o'clock. I got an hour and 45 minutes. I'm going to church with you today. Mm. And I was going to church with her today because, you know, she and I are very, very close. And I just wanted to go with her because she felt that it was important to go to church the Sunday, which she goes regularly. But she felt that it was important not to miss church the Sunday before her wedding. Right. And I wanted to be a supportive factor for her. But it turned out to be for me. Mm. And so when he was sitting there, and he, when I was sitting there and he was talking, and he said, you know, it's the residual blessings. You have to do what you're supposed to do regardless of what's happening for you. Right. Because sometimes it's a test. Sometimes when bad things happen to you, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a blessing in disguise, and it's preparing you for things that you need to handle later. Right. So through that, I've gained a lot. I've lost a lot. But what I've gained has far succeeded, succeeded what I lost. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that, it's more permanent. Yeah, yeah. And I learned a lot of things, and I'm not as judgmental as I used to be. I'm not as materialistic as I used to be. Um, the way that I treat people is a lot better than what I used to. The way that I listen to people is a lot better than it used to be. And even the way that I look at myself and, and criticize or critique myself, if you will, is different and a lot better than what I used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you go through all of that stuff, and when I tell you it was times where I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't even want to deal with none of this shit no more. I'm done. I don't care. I, I know people love me, and I know everything going to be all right. Everybody going to be fine. But, you know, I'm here. Right. This and, is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And all of these opportunities that are coming my way, I really pray that, you know, God grants me the tools to be able to handle them in, in the correct way. And I also pray that whatever my purpose is, I think I'm coming into my purpose a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Whatever my purpose is, please give me the knowledge and the tools to utilize this the best way that I'm supposed to. Because it's very easy to get sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. And... um I don't want to be that person. So, again, I think that all of the things that I went through, it was for a reason. You know, everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. But you know how they say, like, a diamond has to go through all of this stuff before it can shine, right? Yeah, it's the pressure that turns a piece of coal into a diamond. When I tell you pressure, mm-hmm. pressure is crazy. But here I am today, and, and you know, I was telling Nicole the other day, I said, a lot of these masculine and center lesbians is kind of friending me on Facebook and stuff. You know, and I'm like, what is that about? You know, because mm. I'm in a fraternity with a lot of masculine and center lesbians or AGs or DOMs or stuff, whatever they want to be called. You know, everybody has a preference. Right. But as far as, like, close relationships, not so much. But here I am in a place, and these people, I guess, are listening to the things that we're saying, you know, me and the friends that that, that are doing these projects and stuff. And, and I guess that's what I wanted, and that's what I was supposed to do. But I, I I just, I want to make sure that I'm doing it the right way. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's important. And, and you know, Kenlock touched on a lot of things yesterday. But another thing was, you know, the blessings that you have, you're supposed to share them. True. You're supposed to be boisterous about it. 
and it's a lot of stuff, you know, and I just keep it quiet because one, a lot of attention is, is a bit uncomfortable for me sometimes. And two, I don't really want to talk about things until it's actually here. Right. You know, but he said that it's not yours. You're a testimony. You know what I'm saying? To mm. to talk about the power of your creator and what your creator can do and has done. You know, and he also talked about worshiping fake gods. So here's my take on that. Mm. There are a lot of people, and I used to be one of these people like that need approval from people. Like people that put pants on and shoes on just like me and you. Right. People that bleed and gotta eat and drink water to live just like, like me. Everyday and you. ass people. Yeah, you know, and you gotta get out of that. Because it doesn't matter what somebody does for you, you don't praise them higher than the power that gave it to you. And here's the thing. I've had people who've told me, you know, I appreciate you. I love you. If it wasn't for you, this wouldn't happen. If it wasn't for you, that wouldn't happen. And that's always bothered me because I'm like, no, it wasn't me. That was God. I'm just a vessel. It was something was put on me to tell you to make you understand that you can do and achieve any and everything you want to do and achieve. Mm. Just like I've had people in my life that have said words and have done actions that have gotten me, you know, this far. And so... That's important to know, too. And I think sometimes we give so much power and so much praise to people. And that's not that's not how it's supposed to be. Whatever I get. My duty is to give it out. True. That's what I'm supposed to do. So I'm not supposed to be praised for it. It's one thing to say good job and thank you. But it's another thing to be praised for it. Because if you're praising the wrong thing, I honestly think that um, it could be taken away because you're not putting that energy in the right place. Right, right. That's just my take on it. Well, <laughs> that's pretty deep, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know when you think about it, and this goes even deeper into, it's probably even too deep for this particular podcast, so I think I might just digress. But let's just say my my beliefs are kind of they have to deal a lot with energy because like Mm -hmm. I deal I pretty much move based on energy like if I don't feel the energy of a situation Mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel right to me I'm not gonna move in it yeah like if the energy feels good to me I'll move in that energy but Mm -hmm. yes that's important Mm -hmm. definitely you know when when you are about to do something you know and it's that voice or that feeling. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we tend to ignore it because it's easier and what we want to do seems to be a little bit more important. Right, right, always. And then when you do it and you know you messed up, you'd be like, damn, I should have listened to that right. voice inside. I ain't even really need that extra cheeseburger. <laughs> I'd have been straight. Yeah. So I think, you know, for me, and I believe in, in guardian angels and I believe in things protecting you and things like that. I believe in the ancestors protecting you mm. because I know that I've been in some crazy situations. I've had guns put to my head. I have been in places where people have hit people with baseball. I have been in some crazy situations. I'll be honest with you. I have driven a car and I shouldn't have drove a car because I have been drinking. Mm. By the grace of God, I made it home and nobody was hurt. And and I've learned from that. And that was a long time ago. I don't do that crap no more. And and you know, I'm I'm sorry I did what I did, and I'm glad nobody had to get hurt for that. But that was my protective. Mm-hmm. 
you know, guiding me. And since I've gotten older, I tend to do more of listening to that instead of just going off of what I think I want to do. Do you find as you get older, it, it gets easier to recognize it when you hear it yeah. or when, when, when you feel it? Yeah, yeah. Um, because when I was younger, like, honestly, like, I wasn't, I like, man, I you ain't thinking about it. Like, I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. You know, and, and you get older. And I've always been a person that can learn from other people's experiences. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I, I grew up watching people on drugs. And I saw what it did to them. Now, I never thought I was special enough because I know if I go messing with that stuff, then it's going to happen to me. And I don't really think I'm strong enough to get out of that. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I never had to do it in order to learn from it. Right. You know, so I've just been that type. And like I told you just a few minutes ago, a lot of my lessons came from, I think I got so arrogant at one point. I asked my best friend yesterday, I said, do you think I have a, we were talking about somebody. And I said, uh, "Isn't that usually how it starts?" Yeah. Well, we talking about my son. That's our guy. That's our guy's son. Oh, so, uh, okay. You know, that's just all fair in that. And I don't want nobody to think I'm out here dogging him. <laughs> but you know, we were talking, and then the conversation just went. And I said, "Do you think I have a sense of entitlement?" And she stopped for a minute, and she looked, and I said, "Oh, you do." She said, "No, I think you used to have a sense of entitlement." You don't have a sense of entitlement anymore. Mm-hmm. She said, I think like whooped your ass enough <laughs> to where it got rid of all of that for mm-hmm. you. So those were just growing pains for me. So I didn't actually go through stuff to stop me from doing what I was doing. But I had, because I had, you know, got through so much and everything was cool, I think that I had this air built up about me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I would never, you know, this yeah. higher than thou attitude. Ah. And uh, I've been completely humbled. You I know. mean, I, question, hmm. when do you think, at what point in your life do you think that shift occurred from that, like, the world owes me something perspective to the I owe the world something perspective? I never thought that the world owed me anything. I just thought that I had to get what I needed to get regardless. Right. So it wasn't so much as a. So a, was it like it was a. It was grind. more of a by any means necessary kind yeah, of. Yeah, I had to do what I had to do, right. you know. And people would be fine. It ain't my responsibility, you know. Mm. If I if I hurt somebody's feelings, you know, they shouldn't be so sensitive. Ah, you know what I'm saying? If if I've I don't hear that a lot. Like, yeah, if yeah. I don't want to be bothered with somebody, even though I may have said things, even in dating, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because my friends will laugh at me. Because we always say things when yeah. we're dating. You know? Yeah, like, you know, well, I don't want to talk to them no more. I ain't got to deal with her. I ain't going to call her no more. Well, you ain't just going to say, like, you just jump. And, you know, back in the day, back in the day, like, if 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 I was out with someone and I could have just went out with somebody else the night before and you saw me, mm-hmm. I made it perfectly clear to you that you don't have a right to tell me nothing. You don't say nothing, you don't act a different kind of way, and that's just who I was. And now I'm to the point where I feel like I am responsible for the pain that I cause people. Right. And if I don't get it together, that's going to come back on me. I right. don't want it. Karma is real. Karma is real. So I'm very cautious on the way that I treat people, even people on the streets, and sometimes even like you go into the gas station and the dude is asking for some money or something. And, mm-hmm. You know, I want to be like, I had to go to work for my. I have to be careful and I have to catch myself sometimes because on a bad day, you want to pop off. Right. But I have to be careful because you never know who you're having an encounter with 
And every encounter is for a reason. So mm. I really try to be conscious of how I treat people. You feel um, like there was one specific moment in your life when you really felt that shift stronger than any other moment at all? Was there a certain situation where it was like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't think about it like that. Maybe I should, you know? Where you first started to feel that movement. Well, I've always been a given person. Like, I've been dealing with community and community service since I was 14 years old. Okay. But the responsibility aspect of it, it's always been in me because I've always done that. Right. But when I really took it serious is when stuff started getting taken from me. And what what happened was, and, and I would tell people, when when moments where you saw me giving a lot was moments that I was at a low. Mm. Because it wasn't nothing that I could do for me, but at least I could do something for somebody else. That really shifted seriously. In Kansas City, it started. And I remember one day in Kansas City, we uh, it was Christmas time. Mm. And I you know, I'd been blessed with a good job. The family was taken care of. We had everything we wanted and needed, and we was traveling. And um, I wanted to adopt families for Christmas. Right. I had never done that before. And it was uh, this lady there, and her son was a councilman. And um, she said, I got an organization. Y'all can uh, work with these kids. I said, okay. And uh, it was for battered women mm-hmm. and their children. So I said, all right, we're going to take two families. And we went out and bought all of this stuff for these kids, my fraternity and my, my ex-wife's fraternity or sorority. And we went out and we bought all of this stuff for these kids. We got their sizes. We got their ages. We bought these toys. We bought these clothes. And then she hit us up at the last minute. She said, I got another family. She got four kids. Mm. I said, I can't. do." She said, but the mother was stabbed and beat, and the kid's not going to have nothing for Christmas. Mm. So I said, damn, okay. I'm going to say no to that. Right. And so we went out, and we got some more stuff for these kids. And we had a we we did a radio show, mm-hmm. and we met the families at the radio station, and uh, we ordered pizza, you know, so they can exchange their gifts and stuff. Right. And Joe, it hit me, like it hit me, hit me, because I've always done stuff. You know, I'll go to like the homeless shelters or yeah. pass out stuff to the homeless people, but to see kids who just saw your mother get stabbed like that, and this little stuff we did made your holiday and made you smile, you know, it kind of choked me up a bit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, Sharon, you got to do more. You know, God blessing you, you got to do more. This didn't hurt you to do that. You just wasn't going to do it. Like, you know, because I was like, when I say it's enough, it's enough, you know. Right. So I had to change that. Right. And when I got back here, like I said before on my way back here, that's when I said, I know I'm about to go through a lot. And stuff just started getting taken from me. I mean, everything. And some people now, they be like, how in the hell was you surviving? And I just was. But I always had that faith, like, it's going to be okay. Like, some days it's just dark as hell, but it's going to be okay. It's going to mm-hmm. be okay. It's going to be okay. And uh, when things started, and I, and I never stopped giving. And I never stopped caring. And I told you, like, sometimes I would go get breakfasts. And I need to do this again before, you know, um, the weather gets bad. But I used to go to Coney Island and get like a whole bunch of breakfast specials mm-hmm. and take them down and, and pass them out and just sit with the people and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And then I started realizing, you know, that it don't matter what your situation is, everybody ain't so different. Mm. You know? And so here I am today, 
Um, and I'm being put in these situations to where I'm helping people in all capacities. And I want to do it on a bigger scale. Mm. You know, I want to do it where it reaches more people. I want to do it to where a 14-year-old that might be going through something can see or hear something, and it just makes it better for them. Okay. And that's what I'm supposed to do. That's that's where I'm at with everything. That's what's up. Yeah. So yesterday, you know, like I said, my best friend getting married Friday. Right. I love to dress up anyway, so it was just a reason for me to buy some new duds anyway. <laughs> but went to K&G, right? And I've been meeting, like, some crazy, crazy cool people lately, like I said. And I went to K&G. We were out by Oakland Mall. And um, she and I went out there. Cause I had to get the outfit, you know, and get it tailored and everything. So we go in Kanji, and it was this man, and he, right? And he comes up. His name was Knight. Now Knight is retired from GM. His kids is grown. He been living, married for forty some years. Got all these kids, like eleven grandkids, living the city and all of that stuff. And he said, "Well, I've been working here for uh, for six years now." But that man, from the moment I walked into the door. Like, he set me up. Like, usually I'm pretty picky. I don't want nobody picking my stuff out. Right. But that man that man found any and everything I needed and made sure I was taken care of. So I told him, I told my best friend, I said, take a picture of me and, and Knight. And I said, can I call you Mr. Knight? He said, no, you just call me Knight. Now, you know, I I'm, I'm have a thing for elders, so I wanted it to be Mr. Knight. But I'm going to respect his wishes. Of course. But I told him, thank you, because there are a lot of people like me that go into places and we get such a hassle that by the time we get to the point of where we're we're ready to be done with what we're doing, we're exhausted mentally and kind of humiliated sometimes. Right. And I want to tell him thank you. So I took a picture with him and I put it on the Facebook page. And then he gave me his card and he gave me his cell number and he said, "I tell you what, anytime you come in here, you call me. I want to make sure you're taken care of and you're treated with respect." And I said, "Well, I'm gonna tell all the people I know to come here and see you." <laughs> And ask for night. That's what's up. Because he's going to take care of you. And, you know, I eventually told him, I said, you know, I do this podcast. And I was just telling him of all the stuff that I did. And I just wanted to tell him thank you. You know what I'm saying? For just being a respectful man. And, uh, you know, basically making me feel good. Because that's what his job was. But he didn't, you know, he made sure that the the person doing the alterations was on point. He he worked it out. That's what's up. I put them on Facebook. A lot of people liked it. Now people like, yeah, commission. Like, we want to give them commission. So I don't know if, well, I'm not going to call him Mr. Knight, but I don't know if Knight is going to hear this, but I'm definitely trying to send a lot of people your way. And uh, Hopefully yeah. he will, man. I'm sure you're out there listening. Shout out to Knight, man. Shout out to Knight. Like, dang, that was he was a cool cat, too, like an older cat. That's what's up. Old, older dudes always, you know, especially like, you know, if not, you would think, you know, he working in cat. He gonna have to be pretty smooth. Nah, he was. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, cats like that, they don't make yeah. cats like that. Nah, anymore. nah. Not any, at all. any, any brought me some dress. So I've been wanting some monks. Mm. You know, I like the dress shoes, and I ain't never bought them. Right, right. He brought me some monks. I said, God damn, he in my soul. <laughs> so I, I ain't gonna tell you how I've seen my shopping was yesterday, but yeah, oh, yeah. I did, I did get my monks. They nice as hell too. Mm. So shout out to, shout out to Knight. And monks. Apparently. And monks. Yeah. You know my nickname is Monk, so yeah. yeah. yeah as in Thelonious. You know what? Or just monk, like as in like prior. 
Well, it's a it's a childhood nickname, oh, but okay. you know, I, I would I would like to think that it was the longest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that would be that would be dope. I think I got that kind of soul. What you think? I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. You yeah. seem like you seem like you might be in the Thelonious Monk. Well, you know, he is one of my favorite jazz artists. Oh, well, there you go then. My grandma used to uh I'm a Cold Train guy. Are you? Yeah. I'm a Cold Train too. Yeah, I'm a Cold Train guy. Charlie Parker really is my man though, mm-hmm. cause you know, dope. sax player. Yeah, he's dope too. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma used to play all that stuff mm-hmm. on the turntables. Of yeah. course, she ain't no damn C D player, but it's nothing like the record going down and you put the needle on it and you hear that crackle at first. Mm-hmm. It's real clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what uh, my week consisted of. Um, I don't think, were we on here? Nicole and I went to D.C. Mm-hmm. Went to uh, check out the paintings, the Smithsonian. Looked at uh, Obama and Michelle. Right. You know. Shout out to, shouts out to Nicole. I think she was in DC this weekend. Yeah, she was in DC doing um women stuff. Mm. Women rights marching and all that kind of stuff. You know it's a hot time right now cuz Oh yeah, oh yeah, with everything that's going oh, on with the confirmation of the new uh, Supreme Court. Mhm. Justice, man. Yeah. I know political science scientists are having a field day now. They got to be. <laughs> Like, I mean, the Me Too movement has basically turned American politics, American pop culture, mm-hmm. American society on its ear mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. the course of the past year, year and a half. Like, mm-hmm. there have been many men in powerful places that have been taken down. Oh, they have been brought down. And I think there are going to be many more before it's all over with. There are. And everybody's in an uproar over Bill Cosby. Here's the thing. I mean, I can't even really be mad about that because uh, well, he admitted that he gave him the quaaludes. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, how you go? Well, they're saying well, you you on a late night television show telling stories about Spanish fly. Yeah, he did. And like, I mean, it was cute to him. That Bill, like, I'm saying it was cute. Like <laughs> drugging drugging women right. was cute to him. Right. At a certain point in his career. Right. And you know, people are upset. Well, it was because he's a black man. No. You know why? Because of who his victims was. So I'm really tired of, you know. It don't matter who his victims was. The fact that they well, were victims Well, that's why he is... got convicted. But, okay, so we talk about mm-hmm. R. Kelly. I mean, he got a whole damn sex cult going on. And they <sighs> won't convict him for shit. But, you know, his victims are black and brown women. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. You know, even when I was watching the... Con- and, and here's the thing. I don't think anybody, black, white, Asian, indigenous, anything, should be sexually assaulted. True. I have a huge problem, though, with the way society treats black and brown survivors versus Caucasian survivors. Because I sat there... And watched part, I didn't watch it all, because I, I mean, I do sexual assault all day. I don't want to watch right, it all. Right. But, you know, the doctor, okay, she's telling her story. Mm-hmm. Very compelling. And she, you know, she lit them up a couple of times, because they're like, how do you know for real if that, and she, you know, she went to like some psychological shit. Mm-hmm. I said, she, she broke y'all. Y'all don't even know what she said. Right. Y'all don't even know if she's telling you the truth or not, because she just smacked you up with words. <laughs> She just smacked you up with words and made you fall back in your seat. That's what your ass get. Mm. But they said, 
They didn't say that it didn't happen. They said that it probably did happen. She's just confused about who did it. Mm. Okay. So if a black woman was to do that, all She'd of a sudden she she lying. Right. Slut shamed, all of that. All of that. She's yep. lying. And it, it pisses me off because the effects that it has on somebody doesn't d- differentiate between culture or race. race at all. And it's just tripping me out like you still give dignity to people, although that woman deserves dignity. Please don't think that I'm not saying that she does. But when someone of my ethnicity or another woman of color says something, we totally making it up, lying, it's our faults, what you have on, what was you doing there and all of that. And I'm America just on bullshit with yeah, this. Yeah, there's a certain level of scrutiny that's just inherent. Yeah. If the victim is of another ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And then you, what message are you sending to these kids? It's, I don't even really, it's like, there's so much that could be said, and I'm glad that it's getting the attention that it's getting. I really am. Um, I only hope that the conversations that are being had as a result of this mm-hmm. will are, end up being actual conversations, first of all. Mm-hmm. Because issues like these that tend to touch at people's core belief systems mm-hmm. have a tendency to be pretty hot button. So they tend to evoke an emotional response automatically. It's like touching somebody's precious, you know? Mm-hmm. You can't touch certain things about people's belief systems. You can't touch their religion. You can't touch their, like, their belief of like what the concept of God is. You can't touch certain things in people. You can't touch their political beliefs. Mm-hmm. They just have a tendency to go straight to emotional rather than logical. Yeah. So it, some issues are hard to debate. I hope that over the course of this discussion, we can kind of get to a point where we can have a reasonable discussion instead of eventually somebody flying off the handle. Did you see him? He looked real mad. Yeah. You know, they always oh, talk about Kavanaugh? How, oh, how, yeah. how emotional women is. You oh, know? yeah. Kavanaugh women are really too upset. emotional. Women are, I mean, he was in there. He lost it in like the first 20 seconds. He was the proverbial angry white man. That's yeah, going to be was. the new, that's going to be the new thing now. Yeah. Angry white man. It's yeah. going to be the new thing now. Yeah. You know, and, and good for him because y'all been inflicting shit on people for so long. And, you know, it's always, well, you're angry, you angry, you mad, you mad. You're damn right. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's see. You see know. what that looks like for a change. Yeah. And it's messed up because I know all Caucasian people, not bad people. Right. Well, I mean, no. The I way... know some of them probably confused as hell. Like, damn, I want to be nice, but I don't even know what to say because if I say the wrong thing, mm-hmm. I'm going to piss somebody off. It's okay, off. white people. <laughs> We're not all going to just fly off. On the handle at you. We're not going to fly off. And I know some amazing We're actually very loving and accepting people. Yeah, we just want to be treated right. Right. And I want you to, you know, be careful with your words. Right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I I know some cool white people, though. I mean, you come to the party with liquor, we good. Y'all saw that, right? Y'all come to the party with liquor, we good. Just don't fuck us over and try to put us in chains afterwards. Yeah. We liable to snap nowadays. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I know some cool white people, though. Yeah, I, I went cool to, uh, you know, I'm on the board for the Ruth Ellis Center. So mm-hmm. we had our Voices event uh, Friday mm-hmm. at uh, Motor City Casino. 
And that was really, really nice. And Ruth Ellis, um, it's a lot of things going on with the center. We're doing a lot of expansion and stuff like that. And um, just want to make sure that the kids that we service get uh, all of the good stuff that they deserve. That's what's up, man. Do you know about the Ruth Ellis Center? A little bit about the Ruth Ellis Center. Yeah. Not a whole lot. Like have I said, you? I've been out of the state for probably about the past five years. Oh, have so. you? I didn't know yeah. that, Joe. Yeah. I just moved back from New York. Oh, New York. Oh, that's right. You did say you were in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm I'm somewhat familiar. I'm not familiar with more, some of the more recent work mm-hmm. that the center's been doing, but mm-hmm. I'm familiar with some of the work in the past that they've done. Yeah, shouts out to Ruth Ellis Center. Shouts out to Dr. Kofi, so one sad. of the founders of the Ruth Ellis Center, and John, another founder of the Ruth Ellis Center. Big up. Um, you know, if you know anything about Ruth Ellis, uh, she has a documentary. Hmm. Ruth, Ruth Ellis, I never got to meet her, but I know people that did know her, and she died when she was 101 years old. Right. And she was from Chicago, educated woman, moved here, and basically opened her house to LGBT people hmm. and created a safe space for them. And, and her and her partner actually even sent people, you know, helped them pay for school and stuff like that. Hmm. So sad. Dr. Kofi and them wanted to honor her and created the Ruth Ellis Center. And... uh the Ruth Ellis Center is a place, it's like a safe haven for the LGBT kids. Um, we house some kids, kids that have been put out of their homes because of their identity and their sexuality. Mm-hmm. We have a um, a clinic in there for doctors and all of that stuff, you know, so the kids can get the medical care and stuff like that. But we have a lot of uh, good things that are going to happen. I'm excited about it. Once that news is released, we'll go ahead and... And share it, but most importantly, I'm just happy that the kids can, uh, you know, get some some type of relief with all That's they right. go through. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man. Big up to the kids, man. I mean, you know, it's it's difficult enough being a teenager, just in general, you know, let alone. Being a teenager that's you know dealing with issues with family and friends and and things because of who they are, yeah, you know, yeah. So I, I can't even <clears throat> imagine being a teenager dealing with that extra bit of identity crisis because I had issues just being a nerd in high school. Right, and social you know, media don't help. Yeah, don't help at all. Social media makes it just that much more brutal because you, people don't have to necessarily claim or take responsibility for their actions. Yeah, they can talk from behind a mask or, you know, from the other side of a computer screen. Mm-hmm. One sneeze and you on there. Yeah. That's it. No yeah. privacy. But yeah. But Nicole and I have a lot of ideas for shows. Um That's what's up. We, we got a big show that we're planning for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um it's an issue that's very close to us uh, pertaining to some of our friends. All right. So I'm supposed to reach out to them and see if they can come on, but some phenomenal folks. Okay. And uh, like I said, you know, God blesses us with these platforms, so we're supposed to use them to enlighten and, and educate and help other people. That's right. That's so that's right. what we're going to do. That's right. Well. Yeah. Well, my life is boring. <laughs> Your life is boring. <laughs> my life is boring. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still trying to get married. Mm. Is, is this a, <laughs> is this an altar call? No, I'm just playing. Oh, okay. You know, they they beat me up so bad about it the last time. Well, yeah, they did. They, they told did. me up. Then they just offered me out like I was a slave. Right. Anybody single, just call them. That's not right. true. Please don't do that. No, don't email. We don't. No, don't email. We are not soliciting for 
no, for, for no, dates or no. I'm, I'm anything quite a, for sure. No, I'm quite a bit to deal with anyway. I don't think everybody's ready for that. You shouldn't say stuff like that because people will take that as a challenge. Oh, I am quite a bit, though. Uh-oh. Not in a bad way, but, you know, I just, I'm, I'm 41. I'll be 42 in December. So you kind of set in your way. You, no, know, you I, like what nope, you like. Nope. I'm very flexible. Oh, okay. I just have certain things that you got to do to treat me respectfully. Still sound like you trying to sell yourself. <laughs> okay, I ain't gonna do it. Yeah, we better back up off this conversation. I ain't gonna do it. All right, because then they gonna dog me out when they come back. Right, anyway. you don't want that because they will hear this. Good. I hope they hear it. That's what they get. <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah, but no. So that's my world. Probably some stuff I didn't. I don't forgot to mention. Well, you know, we'll save it is. for another time. Yeah. Perfect yeah. time to go shopping. I'm ready to go buy my corduroy jeans. And oh, yeah. It's that weather now. Sweaters. It's that weather now. Yeah. Throw the peacoat on. Give me some hats. I'm ready. Mm. Peacoat. Love them. Yeah, man. That's some fly stuff. Especially you got to have it, it in your you. wardrobe. I just walk down the street just because. So, look, uh, while Sharon get ready to go uh, shop for her peacoat. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna be getting ready for uh, the cook up to continue cooking up. So there check me out on Facebook Live. All right, every Joe. Saturday. I see you with the live beat making. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Share with all your musically inclined friends, and you can catch me on Titties and Tacos every Taco Tuesday on the Taco Detroit Is Tuesday Different Podcast Tuesday. Network. Maybe when we come, we'll bring some tacos. Yeah, they, some tacos. I'm sure the girls would love that. Tacos and tequila. They all oh, titties, tacos, and tequila. Titties, the three T's. Titties, tacos, tequila, and the cat's meow. Oh, see. That sound like a whole nother. That sound like a whole nother new, Damn. just like a new podcast. See right how there. stuff just be coming? Oh, shit. That's what's up. Okay. But thanks, everybody, for listening. We enjoyed y'all. Thanks for listening to my my basic life and what's been going on with me the last couple days. Oh, man. And uh, we look forward to talking to y'all soon. All right, everybody. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Cat's Meow podcast on the Detroit is Different podcast network.